It seemed like many hours had passed since Sam had met the spirit of a little girl named Angela, perhaps even days. During that time they had been left in complete solitude, lost in a void of bright light that was the waiting room between heaven and hell, between existence and non-existence. At least it gave him the chance to get to know his little friend. It had troubled him deeply when he'd learned the reason for her being sent to such a place because of a tragic accident caused by her father. Now his anger and guilt was not allowing him to let go of her memory, so she'd become trapped in limbo. Sam knew he'd been chosen to assist in the little girl's plight, and he wanted to help more now than ever. He had formed a very close bond with Angela, as she had with him. To her he was a celestial being in a father's image, sent by God to bring comfort into her heart. He decided not to mention Project Quantum Leap and let her believe he was indeed her guardian angel. He certainly felt like one. They'd been getting quite used to being alone when from out of nowhere spirits of all shapes, sizes and ages suddenly began to appear. Sam smirked to himself. Now it was getting to be like Grand Central Station. Once more he realised he wasn't going to be able to communicate with them and they didn't seem to show any interest in him or the little girl. Nice crowd, he said sarcastically. Angela sighed. They never seem to have any time for anyone. It's probably rush hour, Sam joked, to which she gave him a sweet smile. It was then he felt a light tap on his shoulder. Turning round he focused on a pair of bright cat-like emerald eyes and full pouting ruby red lips set in a creamy complexion. The woman smiled at the girl. Hello, Angie. Then she looked closer at the man standing beside her. He was tall, with curly black hair and hazel eyes. An unusual combination, she thought. And who is this heavenly body, she asked, admiring his features. Sam was taken by surprise and raised his eyebrows, slightly embarrassed by her description of him. Or, should he say, Andrew Lomax. Could it be possible this woman saw him as Sam and not the girl's father? But if that was the case, why couldn't Angela see him in his own guise? And did it really matter? Sam decided it was irrelevant. He also couldn't help noticing the older woman's features. She was about average height, slim, and dressed in a tight red dress that matched her long flowing locks. To put it simply, she was a very attractive person. Hi, he stammered awkwardly. He always found he had a speech impediment every time a beautiful lady spoke to him, and it was most annoying. Oh, this is Samantha, Angela told him. She's the only one who does talk to me. Uh-huh, Sam replied, unable to take his eyes off her. Sam, Angela giggled, realising they both had the same name. This is Sam, my guardian angel, she announced proudly. Miss Samantha Bates, said the woman, fully introducing herself and flashing a dazzling smile. Pleased to meet you, Sam. Dr Beckett felt a little weak in the knees. Um, how did you end up here, he asked, trying to make polite conversation. It's a long story, and believe me, it's very boring, Samantha replied nonchalantly. Gazing into his eyes, she added, I'd much rather talk about you. Angela shrugged her shoulders. Oh, she's always like this. Sam was just about to say, always like what, when he heard a very familiar voice coming from behind him, and immediately recognised who it was. Who could mistake that deep, gravelly accent, so full of complete lust for the opposite sex? Oh, wow! the observer exclaimed, his eyes nearly popping out of his skull. It's a redhead! He paused briefly, then added, It's a dead redhead! Sam faced him, frowning. Ow, you're sick! And where the hell have you been? 
Who? Samantha asked in surprise. It's only Al, another angel, Angela replied. More like a little imp, Sam added abruptly. Where is he? Samantha looked in all directions, but couldn't see anybody else paying any attention to them. He's invisible, Angela said, but he's here. Oh yes, I'm definitely here, I replied, giving the beautiful redhead with the green eyes a once-over from head to toe. Gee, I wouldn't mind being stuck in limbo land with this long-legged, gorgeous creature. I mean, I'm sure I could think of a way to pass the time, he grinned, practically leering at the woman. I'm sure you could, Sam retorted. Could what? What's he saying? Samantha asked, curious. Believe me, you don't want to know. Yes, she does, I replied, blowing kisses in her direction. Al, Sam said sharply, would you mind tearing yourself away for just one second so you can explain what's happening with Angela and me? The little girl sensed her guardian angel wanted to discuss important matters with his friend, so she suggested she and Samantha leave them alone for a while. See you later, Sam, the red-headed woman said sweetly, delivering a quick kiss on her cheek. Bye, Al, she said, wherever you are. Yeah, see you, Sam replied. Then he glanced at the Admiral, who was almost drooling. Ciao, gorgeous, Al called after her. He looked at the quantum physicist, who was giving him a very hard stare. Ah, oh, shucks, give me a break, Sam, Al complained when the two females had left. You know, sometimes it's hard being a hologram, not being able to hold or to kiss, or he was starting to lose himself in an erotic vision and displayed a truly wicked grin. Or caress such a soft, sexy, supple, vibrant... All right, all right, Dr. Becker interrupted the Admiral's fantasy life. I just don't believe you, he added in an exasperated tone. I know it's your raison d'etre to chase every member of the female gender, but I never thought you'd lust after deceased women. Al Calavici gave a sly smile. She doesn't look that deceased to me. Sam glared at him. Well, she is, so can you try to show some respect, please? Oh, excuse me, Mr. Morals. That was Al's pet name for Sam, since he was such a saint. You seem pretty keen to see Miss What's-the-Face, if you don't mind me saying so. Her name is Samantha Bates, Sam stated. And yes, it's nice to meet someone else who actually acknowledges your existence while you're stuck in limbo, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go ahead and seduce her on the spot. Oh, I would, Al replied, his eyes beginning to sparkle. Yes, we all know you would, but I won't. That's your problem. Al, Sam could see this conversation was going nowhere. Can we please change the subject? Like, for instance, what the heck happened at Mercy Hospital? Oh, that. The observer checked the hand link, then proceeded to take out one of his cigars from the top pocket of his jacket and lit it. Whenever you're ready, Sam said, his patience almost at an end. The hologram puffed on the cigar a few times, then noticed the look Sam was giving him. Hey, I deserve this, he exclaimed. You've no idea what I went through down there. That's right, I don't know, Sam said cuttingly. So, tell me. Al told him all about the incident that had occurred in the intensive care room and how it had been touch and go with the life support machine. When he'd finished, Sam realised he'd been rather harsh with his best friend. Thanks, Al. For what? For trying to stop them from turning off the machine before this Jennifer did stop them, I mean. Al shrugged. Like I said, it's tough being a hologram. The scientist smiled at him, then remembered the computer with the big ego. And Ziggy's sure they won't pull the plug now. The Admiral rechecked the hand link. She gives that an 88% probability. 
Sam breathed a heavy sigh of relief. At least that was one method of imprisoning him in the afterlife that had been nipped in the bud. However, he was still a far cry from freedom. Or was he? So what's going to happen to Andrew, he asked, hoping Ziggy would have some good news. A very rare concept in her case. Al pressed a few keys, then shook the hand link, causing the ever-familiar irate squeal. Ziggy says there's a 64.5% chance he will recover, but she has no idea how. She's got to know, Al. Sam was sounding very concerned. Angela has to be given the chance to forgive her father soon. It's not fair that she has to keep on suffering. Yeah, I know. Poor little soul, Al said sadly. Just then the hand link started to let out a sequence of electronic bleeps. Al stared at the gadget in his hand and his look became one of astonishment. What is it? Sam asked curiously. The observer double-checked the information and blinked several times. According to this, you can go back. Sam felt very perplexed. Back where? Back to Earth, I replied, equally confused. Sam frowned. How am I supposed to accomplish that? I'm trapped in limbo. It's not like I can beam down like they can on the Starship Enterprise. I haven't got the foggiest, Al said, resigned. Sam bit his lip anxiously. Well then, why don't we ask Ziggy? Good idea, Al replied with equal sarcasm, pressing several colour-coded keys on the handling as he spoke. He stared blankly at the screen, then gave the gizmo a firm knock. The observer repeated the process several times, before finally looking up at the scientist. Well, some asked patients stretched to the limit. She says she's been given a new program. Sam frowned. A new program? Who from? The Admiral rechecked the hand link. Um, she won't say. Wonderful, Sam said sharply. We have a computer that likes to keep secrets. Al gave a tiny smirk. Um, she's your creation, Dr. Beckett. Sam shot him a filthy look. Oh, great, it's all my fault. He groaned inwardly. So now what? Curiosity had gotten the better of him, so Al decided to investigate the attractive redhead's life story. A number of squeaks came from the gizmo in his hand, and the hologram looked up at Sam, grinning like a Cheshire cat. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? Sam asked, puzzled. Al read out the data. Samantha Bates, born April 10th, 1960, died December 11th, 1988. Went into acting when she was 18 years old, did a couple of commercials. Sam cut him off sharply. I might have known you'd ask Ziggy for her profile. Al ignored him and carried on excitedly. She was also a star of Blue Movies and became known as... He stopped and gave a little snigger. <laughs> Sam the Seductress. Oh, please, Sam Beckett winced. He thought for a moment about what Al had said regarding the woman's profession. Porn star, he said, grinning at the Admiral. Then how come you didn't recognise her? Huh? Oh, I just presumed you'd seen every single skin flick that's ever been released all over the entire world, Sam remarked. Not everyone, Al replied matter-of-factly. I let a few slip by. Just a few, the physicist said sarcastically. The observer refrained from his usual witty remarks and instead pushed a key on the pad. It seems she had a cardiac arrest while she was in the middle of a scene. Al paused and his eyes widened. Actually, she was in between two guys. Sam sighed. The stress must have been too much for her. Yeah, sex can be very energetic, Al added craftily. The quantum physicist shot him a dirty look. I meant the stress of having to resort to making those types of movies.
because you've no other way to make a living. Oh, sorry, I said, feeling a bit guilty. I guess my imagination was getting out of hand. Sam ignored the last remark. So why is she stuck here? I'll examine the hand, Lincoln frowned. Ziggy doesn't know. What else is new? Sam muttered under his breath. Then the Admiral noticed the two females were heading back towards them, so he gave a friendly wave in their direction. Even though he was aware they couldn't see his gesture, he felt it was still a sign of good manners to greet them. Why don't you ask Samantha? The tall, slim redhead walked right up to the two men, her eyes fixed on the physicist. Hello again, Sam, she cooed sweetly. Have you sorted things out with your invisible friend? Er, uh, kind of, he replied, although he still had no idea how to get out of there. Angela looked all around the area. Why is he invisible? she asked curiously. Sam pondered on a believable answer, as the truth would be far too technical for a six-year-old spirit to understand. Besides, he didn't feel up to explaining the Admiral was a phantasmic manifestation created by a subatomic agitation of carbon quarks, who was tuned to the mesons of his optic and optic neurons. Wow, he thought. Surprised his Swiss cheese memory could remember all the scientific jargon. He smiled at the little girl. Oh, he, he's rather shy. He hardly ever appears to anyone. Al cocked one eyebrow cynically at the physicist. Gee, that's a good one, Sam, he said, cigar perched at the side of his mouth. Samantha, who hadn't taken her eyes off Dr. Beckett, decided to change the subject. Can we chat, Sam? She gave him a look that told him she wanted far more than just small talk. Angela perceived this and sighed. Oh boy, Sam, don't you ever think about anything other than that? She asked, referring to the woman. Al couldn't resist the chance to speak out. He rarely ever thinks about that. This guy's the original Boy Scout, he announced. Sam Beckett shot him a look that said, If you weren't a hologram, I'd deck you. Samantha paid no attention to the girl, but instead stepped forward and delivered a powerful kiss on Sam's lips. This took him by surprise. Still, he couldn't help but find it a pleasing sensation, so he resisted the urge to pull away. Oh, brother, Angela put her hands over her eyes. Al, on the other hand, observed the two of them earnestly. Go for it, he urged. What a major discovery he'd made. It was possible to have sex in the afterlife. There is a god, he said with sheer relief. They parted and Samantha gazed longingly into Dr. Beckett's eyes. Do you know how long it's been since I've kissed a man? A while, Sam guessed. He couldn't remember the last time he'd kissed a woman. It felt so good, she said with a hint of passion. Yeah, it did, Sam agreed, but I don't think we should take it any further. What with me being an angel, he added quickly. Sam! Al exclaimed in disgust. Sometimes he just couldn't understand how a guy could be so completely innocent. Have you finished? Angela asked, peering through her fingers at them. Samantha gave a heavy sigh. I guess you're right. She looked over at the little girl and smiled. Yes, Angie, we're finished. Angela lowered her hands. Good, she announced. I hate all that mushy stuff. I wouldn't mind some mushy stuff, Al lamented. Sam flashed him a warning look, then he returned his attention to the redhead. He had a question for her. Samantha, why did you end up in this place? Is it because someone's anger or guilt is imprisoning you as it did with Angela? The little girl looked at him and he gave her a warm smile. No, Samantha replied. She hesitated only slightly. It, it was my own fault. Sam stared at her. I don't understand. I guess I died while I was so full of anger. I hated my job and blamed everyone except myself for being in such dire straits. 
Her voice began to falter and tears welled up in her green eyes. It was my fault, and I realise that now. I was selfish. I threw all my money away on booze and drugs when I could have been successful. Sam felt a wave of sympathy wash over him, and he took the woman into his arms. If it's any consolation, he began, holding her gently, I know you'll go to heaven now. How do you know that? she asked, looking at him with tear-stained eyes. Because you've realised it was your own mistake, he replied softly. Angel came over to them and took the woman's hand. I'm glad you'll find peace, Sam, she said happily, but with a tinge of sadness. The beautiful redhead released herself from Dr. Beckett's embrace and hugged the little girl tightly. Thank you. The observer who'd been watching the scene was pleased to see that things were starting to work out for Samantha at any rate. At that moment a squeal sounded out loud and clear from the hand link and Sam looked across at him for answers. According to Ziggy, if you tell Angela about her father, you'll leap out of here. I told him assuredly. Tell Angela what? Sam asked confused. Pardon, the little girl said. Then she realised who he was communicating with. Are you talking to Al? Yes, I am, honey. Tell her that her father's going to recover real soon, the Admiral stated. Sam Beckett smiled and placed his hands on the girl's shoulders. Your daddy's going to be well again. He is, Samantha cried. Oh, that's wonderful. Did Al tell you this? Angela asked. Yes, he did. Thank you, she said quietly. It felt like a heavy burden had been lifted off her shoulders. Think nothing of it, little cherub, Al answered with a smile. He looked down at the hand link and then across to Sam. It's time to say goodbye. Dr Beckett couldn't quite believe he was finally going to be able to leave the strange waiting room that lay somewhere between heaven and hell. He felt greatly relieved, but at the same time rather sad. Al's saying I have to go now, he said softly, and gave the beautiful redhead a kiss on the cheek. Then he gathered Angela up in his arms and hugged her tightly, to which she responded and did the same. Thank you, Sam, she said sweetly. You're welcome, honey, he replied, the tears beginning to show. Samantha noticed this and put her arms around the two of them. Good luck, Sam, she whispered. You too, he replied, sensing the energy source beginning to build up all around him. This always happened before the transition occurred and would be followed by a feeling of being off balance while rushing back through the corridors of time and space. The blue and white lightning flashed before his eyes. It was time to move on to his next assignment.